bills and get it jumping. My girl got swagger, but she don't fit. I'm about to take cash for all that dumb shit. It's lit. I'm really feeling great. My work is in the place. I'm buying real estate. E, 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 E. Y'all can't see me, but I'm gigging. E. Oh, let's be slap right here. Alright. Turn this shit down. That's some IMC shit for you. It's back to basics. Watching this video, got Cool John up in this. Shout out to I Am Sue. Had to play him one time, so I'm gonna go see that motherfucker play tomorrow night with uh, Rex Life Raj, who I need to listen to. Haven't really peeped his shit, but this all black, this new young, another young coming dude out the bay. I'm a, I'm a fuck with his shit. I've been listening to, I've heard a couple of his verses, so that should be fire. I like the cadence and the flow he be going with. Anyway, no proper introduction. I gotta rewind back and start over again. This is your host, Mario Caballero, aka Asthmatic Aztec, Zuru Zapata, Tree Travino. What's good? This is episode numero 33. Double threes, it's Larry Bird. Season, what's good? Shout out to the God. And yeah, we doing it live. I don't know why I say that every time, but I'm gonna keep saying it. We're doing it moving. It's fucking almost middle of the night. I don't know why I do this shit so late. Well, I do, but yeah, I had to get this in. It's been a minute since the last episode. Uh, over a week. That's uh, that's a little too much, man. I had a good pace going a few months ago. I gotta keep that shit up at least once a week. Try to get some more guests. Anyway, it is 8-8-2018 for another like 40 minutes, and we're going to keep it going. It's, uh, yeah, a couple things. Just, I guess kind of try to quick hit them as much as I can. It's going to be tough, but we'll see. First thing I want to bring up, and something from that was uh, took note of a couple weeks ago. It was pretty interesting. Uh German soccer player Meza Ozil had uh, gotten to some uh, controversy um, honestly before the World Cup so it was a few months back he had a picture with uh, president of Turkey Erdogan because he's um, even though he's German his family's from Turkey so he's I guess ethnically Turkish or whatever but anyway so controversial because that fool Erdogan has uh Got a checkered past, one might once say. So yes, yeah, politics and sports, a little cross-combination, cross-pollination. So that was a big controversy. I know they were talking about it in the media, and it really blew up after the World Cup, after the performance that the German team had, and it was the media reaction that was uh, kind of building afterwards. There was a lot of pressure on Ozil and a lot of other players who were ethnically from other parts of the world, so it was kind of difficult to say and see and say like where that um direction of you know maybe negativity is coming from some of it might not be from the best place necessarily so yeah it's uh interesting to see that how that that whole thing is kind of blowing up 
and because uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really really dope players from the German national team. France is the same way; they got a lot of players from other parts of the world, um, a lot of former French colonies and whatnot. But yeah, it was really interesting. And the one thing that I always thought up immediately right after is, what the hell would Ennis Cantor think? The freaking uh, big man in NBA playing for the Knicks right now. He got into some controversy. He actually got his passport re revoked last year uh, from the Turkish government because he had some bad things to say about Erdogan because Erdogan's had some uh, uh, known to, like, crack down on his uh, oppositions uh, physically. And he's had uh, accusations of a lot of tortures and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, check your past. But the people who are like really on his side are really on his side and it's it's very like hand in hand with like the patriotic thing for them so um it's not obliged necessarily to go against them if you're living in turkey then that's like almost i guess you're just asking for it it's not not good news they're gonna seek you out so i think two years ago they staged a fake coup just so they can get the people who are the opposition to come out and and uh, like pretty much show face, show themselves, and they rounded all them up and imprisoned a lot of them, and I think even worse than that. So y'all can read the details, but anyway, this dude's a tricky dude. So he's really about that power, about that action. So yeah, but Cantor he ended up like uh, speaking negative negatively against them, and eventually his whole family had to like pretty much disown him just to be able to kind of still res re remain, you know, Turkish residents and all that stuff, still living there. And he has lost communication with a lot of his family, or all of them pretty much. And yeah, it's pretty sad thing to see. Kind of horrible thing to think about, but you know, geopolitics and you know, athletics kind of cross patterns a little bit look at cross pollination you know well yeah, that, was, that was crazy but i wonder what what ennis would think about ozil taking photos with him and all that stuff because i'm sure yeah i'm sure he might have some choice things to say i'd if i'm surprised he nobody's brought it up to him if i was a reporter that'd be like the first thing i would talk about and i don't even know if he would be willing to talk about it but i would i would ask him at least off the off air, at least. I just want to know because that's, that's just interesting to me. Um, so he's, he's trying to get his residency or his uh, citizenship here uh, to get a U.S. passport because right now he doesn't have one. I don't know how that worked with him playing in the, um, Canada and all that. It's interesting because I know they have to got to bring a passport up to go play in t Toronto. I think they do some... Uh, stuff overseas at times with the preseason and all that so not really sure how that works for him but yeah this is uh this is going on some dated topics man that, was, that that shit came out a while ago but that's just you know something i want to bring up um also another big thing that happened freaking katie just going on to cj mccollum's podcast and just crapping all over them Blazers, him as a player, like bro, this fool was just clowning on him. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> like, man, y'all thought y'all had a y'all thought y'all had a chance to win the championship, and <laughs> just like, yeah, that shit hit pretty deep. That shit was crazy. Of course, 
Katie's gonna. I mean, has the is kind of in that mindset. If you're at the top, that's why you got to look at everybody else. Um, but if you're at the, you know, in the middle or like on the rise, trying to, you know, come up, take that chain, you know, that's um, the mindset you got to have. You got to be like, you know what? Screw it. I think we're, you know, I do believe in myself. I do believe in my team. I do believe in this. Because if you waver a little bit, then you're not going to get 100% max focus and effort. So it's a. Uh, it's kind of like a mind trick you got to play and like uh you know talk to yourself and tell yourself and you just got to put yourself in that that uh that mindset but i guess it's off season i guess they can kind of chill but it's still funny i mean when you're an athlete you just that that should some for some people it doesn't necessarily turn off for some guys it doesn't turn on so that's a problem because they'll have all the talent in the world and they just like won't focus it or direct it in a certain right direction but um yeah that's uh tends to more often than not be the case i would say yeah i don't know there's a lot of pratfalls for like young up-and-coming uh ballers and all that shit but anyway i thought that shit was hilarious though really just uh katie letting loose i thought that was dope <laughs> see who else i'm gonna ask him want to come on the show and just let him shit on everybody uh yeah Next topic. Oh, yeah. Go back to last weekend. We're going to, you know, fast forward a little bit. A little, a little bit. A bit. Talk about UFC 227. That uh, just happened in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, was not able to make it. This was uh, it was a couple good fights at the end. I didn't really didn't get a chance to watch too much of the card this time. But, man, two title fights uh, to end it. Start off with the first one. With Mighty Mouse trying to defend his belt 12 times coming up against Henry Cejudo they're rematching a previous title fight man I gotta tell you Cejudo brought it man Cejudo outworked um, uh, Mighty Mouse and it was pretty funny to see like in the UFC embedded like on YouTube that they'd be putting up it's uh, you see see Cejudo like running up like uh, cliffs and mountains and stuff like that and freaking Mighty Mouse in his pool his above ground pool in his backyard playing with his kids and stuff which by all means do that for sure that's what you, you fancy um but it <laughs> the way they presented it it seemed pretty funny it was just like all right they just kind of assumed that mighty mouse had it or Sahudo was just you know coming for it so to, to build it up that's kind of that's kind of how they have to do it but yeah who knows how much of that factor that really played because mighty mouse he seemed he was in the fight but he just wasn't i don't know I don't know if he was waiting for something that just never came, just didn't happen, or he just didn't see the openings, or Cejudo just you know countered him pretty well, but he didn't have um, those flash moments in the fight where like maybe he lands like a kick, or he gets, um, you know, uh, gets to somebody in a headlock real uh, real quick and. Or put somebody in a submission hold, because um, he's pretty inventive with his jujitsu. He has, he gets a bunch of random different submissions. The last one, the one he got was at Wilson Hayes. Hayes, it was um, he like slammed the dude, picked him up, and then like got into the armbar position before the dude like hit the mat. And I was like, I was like, what? It's like how's it even possible? It was insane. 
Um, I can't remember if it was him or not, but anyway, he did it to somebody. It was freaking ridiculous. Um, but he, he just, it seemed like he was just like a, a tick off, and it wasn't like a bad performance, but it's not for like a title. Like the margin of error is so thin, and that's kind of what happened. So Hudo ended up taking it, and my boy Frank, we're watching it at his crib, and that shit was funny because he was like, or no, we're watching it at uh, the other homie spot. But anyway. Uh, Nefo was all amped. He was all fucking amped to freaking uh, for Sahudo, because he's like a golden, uh, gold medal uh, winner for Greco-Roman wrestling in the Olympics. I'm not sure if he's the first dude to have the UFC belt and a, an Olympic belt or Olympic uh, gold medal. That's a pretty prestigious career though, right there, man. Shout out to that. Uh, the little Mexican homie, bro. That's the 120, uh, 125ers and little fools. Tiny dudes, man. So, Hudo, he put it on. Just, um, he was all talking about how he was born in uh, in L.A., lived in South Central for a little bit, and then they moved to out to, uh, I think, Phoenix area. Arizona. So, yeah, man. Shouts out to Sahuro. That was a hell of a performance, man. Uh, wrestling was just on full display. Striking wasn't too bad either, too. But it ended up going to decision. He won it, I think, on a split decision. The next fight, though. Oh, my goodness. That shit was fucking crazy. Insane. Freaking TJ Dillashaw, man. He just cemented his legacy, I think, with that fight. It's just, like, one of the baddest there in that division ever all time. And, uh, yeah, he just took it to Cody Garbrandt. And he just, damn, that second round again, just, oh, my God, bliss him so hard. That, that was just, oh, at the end, he was just teeing off on him. Like, Cody was wobbling, wobbling, wobbling. He wouldn't fall. He's like, uh, yeah, like one of those uh, old chairs that you, like, he put outdoors it's like wooden and like one of the legs is like loose and it's just like but it's like not bad enough that you still can't sit on it and but it's like you're just waiting for it to fall but it's not falling but it's like you know you have that shit for like years yeah it was kind of like that this fool was just not falling and the freaking ref just had to come in and stop it and i was just like oh holy shit that shit was fucking crazy <sighs> dillashaw man that fool just closed to throw down and he looked ridiculous man i think that whole crazy rivalry between him and uh, his former team uh up there in sack with uh favor and everybody's american top team or uh let me see you're right yeah favor boom California kid. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Alpha male. That's what they are. Team Alpha male. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they had that rivalry with Team Alpha male up in SAC because, uh, like, I don't know what happened. He had a falling out or. Was just chilling with, uh, um, what's his name? Who is this? 
this trainer. Why am I blanking? TJ Dillashaw. Trainer. Boom. Dwayne. Dwayne Ludwig. That's right. Keep getting confused. For some reason, I was thinking Duke Rufus. I don't know why. Dwayne Ludwig. <laughs> I said Vasily Lomachenko. He likes part with them once. <laughs> I think Mark Munoz is one of his good coaches, though. Um, yeah, Dwayne, ex-UFC uh, fighter himself. I think uh, him on his corner has been good for him, and I don't think it's uh, um, necessarily the bad move for him to make that decision to dip out on Team Alpha Male. It's kind of I'm kind of conflicted because I really do fuck with with Uriah and uh, everything he's done in his career. That fool was fucking beast back in the day. You don't even know. People have no idea, man. I remember seeing him break both of his hands in the same fight, I think, by the second round. And he had to fight. He had to finish, like, like at the beginning of the second round or something. He had to finish, like, a round, more than a round and a half of, like, half the fight with two broken hands. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? He broke the first one on, like, one of his first strikes, too. Because he had, like, just, he had re-injured it because he had broken it the fight before. It was, like, crazy. It was so crazy. This dude is insane. And the, the other fight that he had before, I think he um, he landed he landed in uh, a couple nasty elbows because he couldn't throw any punches with that with that hand. It was crazy. It was so crazy. Oh man, he was a legend. He is a legend. But uh, yeah, it was it was very interesting to see. So I think Dillashaw now. It's uh, it's all in front of him. I was kind of disappointed that Garbrandt. I was rooting for Garbrandt just be just from the fact that this rivalry was fucking fun. It still is, and I think a trilogy would have been, you know, awesome. Would have been insane. But TJ, hats off to him. He deserved it. I don't know, Cody. I don't. It seemed like he just didn't make adjustments. I don't know. I don't know if he was just not, still not a hundred percent healthy in there. And maybe he just has been battling that, you know, the injury bug since he got the the belt, pretty much. Uh, yeah, because I know he was dealing with the nagging injury going into the fight the first time they fought. I don't know if anything was reported this time, but anytime you're not 100%, you're walking in an octagon. It's, there's killers in there, man. They're going to fucking get you. They'll jump on you. It's tough sport, tough ass sport, fun as fuck to watch. But yeah, anyway, that same week, fight week, I guess, UFC decided to announce the slew of upcoming fights. And douche, let's see here. Yeah, we got a lightweight main event coming up. Um, UFC Fight Night. This is at the end of the month. Gaethje versus James Vick. I think Justin Gaethje still is a badass motherfucker. Uh, tough as fuck fighter. I think James Vick's pretty good too. I've seen him fight like a couple times. He's pretty technical. Really long and lanky dude for that weight class. Thought it'd be good. Also, we got Michael Johnson at Andre Feely. Um, I'll take that one. Michael Johnson got a salty 17-13 and 13 record, man. That featherweight division. He jumps around a couple times. Anyway. Next one. 
UFC 228, you got Tyron Woodley facing off against Darren Till. Now, this is a very interesting matchup because you got Tyron Woodley, who is the, the champion right now, but the interim champ is is um, freaking Colby Covington taking that bullshit out to the freaking uh, this White House for this, uh, this shit. He's just trying to get people to hate him. I know what he's doing. Anyway, Till... This dude is, is pretty damn good, up and coming guy. He's had some uh, really good performances his last couple of times, times out. And we'll see if he's up for the challenge. 17 0 and 1 record. Very good striker, also. But Willie, I think, is, man, his quickness is on another level when he's healthy. We'll see if Willie's shoulders all the way back. I know he's had surgery, and this is his first fight back from that. That's going to be the big uh, big draw. And that's in a month from now, so that's on September 8th. Let's see. We got Nico Montano taking off Valentina Shevchenko in the flyweight co-main event. I think that's also for a belt. Yep. And I'm not going to even begin to go into this one. I'll just say Shevchenko, one of the most ripped freaking UFC fighters I've ever seen. Oh, my God. She's – those. oh, my God. Just – Take, go Google a picture of her just abs. Ridiculous. She also got one of those the classy tattoos of the gun in the back holster pocket. So when she's like out there, you can see it in the back hip. And another thing that's funny fact from her is that she's Russian, but she trains out of Peru, which is rare as fuck. And she speaks English. So that's just like crazy ass combination. But uh, she's a crazy fighter. So we'll see what happens. Um, don't know too much about Nico Montano. I think she got the belt though right now. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, she's the inaugural current UFC women's flyweight champion at 125. She beat Roxanne Mataferi last fight in December. So, yeah, I think Shevchenko's coming down in weight because I think she was at 135. Yeah. <laughs> they got Shevchenko pretty high up on that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. She's had some health issues, apparently. But, uh, we'll see what happens with her. Any hoot. Yeah, Jessica Andrade. She's fought a bunch of times. She's fighting Carolina Kovalkiewicz, who we all remember faced off against Joanna Jacek. That was, uh, spelling B. You know, winning round there for those two last names. Anyway, there's Polish on Polish action there. It's violence. I think Joanna had the UFC go get Carolina because she was coming up as like the second best person in Poland. She was like, I want to take her out. <laughs> so she did. She could fight her in her own right. Any hoot onto the next one. Mark Hunt for Alexi Olenek. Olenek. Dude's a salty veteran. 56, 11, and 1 f record. Whew. And he thought Mark Hunt fought a lot. He's 13, 12, and 1 with no 1, no contest. 
man a salty record that'll be fun though i look when the big boys throw down i have to take it turn into that one that's uh, september 15th bright night 136 omar akhmedov versus cb dalloway 17-4-1 versus 17-8 we'll see what happens all right anyway moving on fight night 137 glover to dude this dude's been He's still up there in the freaking light heavyweight rankings. It's crazy. Jimmy Manawa, 17 and 3. So we'll see. Jimmy's always been on that level right under. And so it's kind of Glover. And we got Ketlin Vieira. Vieira. There's a Tanya Avenger. Let's see how that one goes. Tanya. In the bantamweight division. Saw her get freaking obliterated by a cyborg like every chick does, unfortunately. Mm, let's see, we got Antonio Rogerio Noguera versus Sam LV light heavyweights. Okay, mm, all right then. The big one, finally. Saturday, August 6th, T-Mobile Arena, UFC 229. The return of Conor McGregor, the Mystic Mac, facing Khabib, Nurek that's going to be an amazing matchup. That's the ultimate wrestler versus striker matchup. What's going to happen? Can't kind of knock him out. Will Khabib fuck him up on the ground? Can they keep distance? Can they close distance? What's going to happen? That's going to be a good-ass fight. And that's the only thing on the card. And that's all you really need to know. That shit is going to be crazy. 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 Anywho, moving on. They got more... People on this October card, fight night. We got Volkan Ozdemir versus Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, this dude is on the come up right now. He's knocked out a bunch of motherfuckers recently. He's, uh, I think he took out um, Vitor Belfort, ended his career. And I think he took out Rashad Evans as his last fight. Fucked them both up. This dude is fighting. Like, at the top of his game right now. This dude got a crazy record. 30 and 13, man. He's fought a lot. So, he's doing his thing. Ozdemir's no joke, though. Before he got slept by DC, man. He was on a really good come up. So, that, that should be a really good barn burner there. Um, yeah. We'll keep it moving on this card or into the next one. UFC 230. This is the one I'm fucking I am for. We got the return. Nate Diaz, motherfucker. Stockton 209 in this bitch. Taking on Dustin Poirier. Poirier's on a nice little run as of late. Gotten a couple wins in a row. Uh, Eddie Alvarez. I think they had that uh, rematch after the one no contest. And... Who else? Who else has he taken out? Who else have you taken out? Have you taken out, Dustin? Dustin? Where's his... Yeah, he took out Eddie Alvarez last time. And then Gaethje, that's the other dude he took out. Gaethje was on fucking roll. That was a fucking barn burner. Anytime Gaethje fights, this dude just gets into slobber knockers. Oh, God. Poirier, too, man. Poirier's been bringing it. Oh. Out of Lafayette, Louisiana. 
So, you know, that boy Theo Vaughn's going to be coming for it. I'm going to be talking mad shit to him just because of Stockton 209. I'm just going to be calling into his show, like, on the weekly. You're like, what's good, motherfucker? I, hear you. I know you're from Louisiana. But I'm from Stockton, motherfucker. So, UFC 230, it's, like, three months away. But I'm still talking mad ass shit. So, mad ass motherfucking shit. Boy, Dustin, he ain't got, he ain't got it, bro. He ain't got it. Nate's coming back talking the most mess and if them two motherfuckers get into the octagon only one motherfucker is going to come out and that's the motherfucker from the tuna bitch what's good born bread let's get it you know Nate if you want to come on light up some joints we get it's good I would love to have you on that should be fucking amazing yeah, legend to the hometown, bro. A little ass hometown, man. We have some rough ass shit just roll through us, uh, through our fucking uh, you know, the atmosphere in the hemisphere. I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, there's a bunch of crazy shit that happens out there, and this shit is uh, that shit's inspiring. That shit's hella cool. We got uh, a UFC bad boy superstar, just um. You know, big ass draw and all that shit. He, dude is uh, no fucking joke. But yeah, Poirier. Poirier's been putting it on recently. I ain't even gonna lie. So it'll be a good ass matchup. Nonetheless. Damn, look at these old ass pictures of Poirier, man. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> it's funny. Somebody showed a picture of his like UFC character and it had like his older tattoos and he's got sleeved up since then. So <laughs> it's kinda crazy. Any hoot. Jacare Sousa. Souza. Sousa. I just wanna say Sousa because I'm just like tequila. Anyway, Souza taking on David Branch. That should be a good matchup. The to middleweight division, the one eighty fivers. Jacare. Haven't seen him in the Octagon in a little while. He's uh, coming off a loss, I do want to say. If I am not mistaken. If I do declare. Jacare Souza. Yep, lost to Gastelum. But be Brunson before that. So Got David Branch in the sights now. David Branch. Branch came off a win against uh, Macheta, Tiago Santos. I think Santos, Santos won uh, this last week, and I saw that dude. Got the big old mallet. That dude just hits hard. But Branch, man, Branch brings it. I think he's uh, used to be in another organization. I think he's gotten a belt before. Last one before that, cancel. Branch versus Romero. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. That's funny that it shows it like that. Oh, yeah. Next one. We got the fucking bodied up awards. Freaking middleweights. Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Like, this dude Costa is, like, retarded. Like, so ridiculous. Like, that dude is just, like, the most cut up dude you will find ever. Like, oof. Ridiculous. Like, I don't even want to, like drooling or like on that shit or nothing but like god damn that motherfucker's fucking ripped god damn he's like the 
poster of like what you put up when you're like fuck yeah I'm gonna like catch me for the summer bod in like two years that's it right there boom that's gonna be me like that shit is like on some other shit fucking crazy so we'll see what happens that would be a good fight I think I always like watching Yoel Yoel is a interesting fighter he's explosive just coming to attack you out of nowhere and there's a Another one, ooh, in the Pepsi Center. That's why freaking Cowboys fighting there. Cowboy fights in Denver any single time he can get a chance to. I feel like, and why not? If you have UFC, why fucking not? That's what I don't get. That's what I don't get about Nate. I guess too. It's like, uh, why don't they put more fights with him in like Sacramento or they can do a Sacramento fight card with some dudes from. Uh, Team Alpha Male And with uh, some of the guys who fight out in The Bay Area With uh, DC and Kane's crew and all them Like you can get some of their training partners to come out And just fill out the the rest of the card and shit I feel like That NorCal shit Get some SoCal motherfuckers out There's a lot of SoCal fighters in the UFC Yeah you can get them all over Just get that West Coast love you know what I'm saying And put a card together like that Anyway Freaking Cowboy Cerrone's fighting Platinum, Mike Perry. And that dude, Mike Perry, just comes at you, like, 100%. Like, just, like, you're the only thing that is stopping him for, like, eating. Like, he's going to fuck you up because he's hungry. Like, <laughs> it's, that, it's that crazy. He's just all up on you, man, like rabies, dude. But in the main event, it'll be Frankie Edward versus Chang Sung Jung. I haven't seen Chang Sung Jung fight. But I know what Frank Edward brings, so that uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the main event. And uh, yeah, that's that's all on the docket. I can't believe I went through everything, but that's a lot of good fights, man. I'm I'm hyped. I'm I'm kind of. I've always been not always, but I would say for the last like ten, twelve years, been a fan of the UFC and MMA in general, but. Recently, I want to say the last like two or three years, I've been really getting into like the uh, the matchups and the storylines, the arcs of the fighters' careers and everything. I don't know, just it's been uh, uh, more fascinating. So we got some stuff to watch. That'll be good. That will be some good shit. Moving on. We're going to talk about something that happened tonight. Freaking Oakland Athletics are on fire, ladies and gentlemen. They are just tearing it up. They have, I think, the best record in baseball from, like, beginning of June or something. Like, the last couple months, they've just been on a fucking roll. Just roping homers left and right, at home, away. They had this crazy streak of, like, double digits were of games in a row where it was like they're hitting homers on the road it was something crazy it was some absurd record they broke like their the streak for the, their franchise or something it was like 15 games some some insane number they had just had a recent like six game winning streak snapped yesterday but they're back on the winning streak they beat the dodgers tonight so it's a double good thing for me um they won that one three to two that was pretty interesting I got to catch the late innings. It was tied 2-2 in, I want to say, the 8th, yeah. Uh, bottom of the 8th. 
He's got runners on the corners. Simeon at third. And Chris Davis up to hit. And it was like, a, I think, a full count. He puts it into play towards third base. Simeon just decides to jet. Uh, Machado's got to run in on it and throw. And he threw it a little too far away from the line for uh, Yasmani Grandal to grab it. And he took uh, the ball and he tried to slide, uh, swipe tag him. The ref, uh, the ump originally called him out. But then they looked and he saw that he dropped the ball. He didn't catch it all the way cleanly. So, like, they scored and they ended up winning the game because of that. So that shit was dope. That was freaking cool. He's on fire, man. It's like I've been telling people every few years they get on these like crazy hot streaks where they just put like this random group of players together and they just gel and they work. And that's kind of what's happened this year. It's like every four or five years or so. I remember 2002 was pretty dope. They had a couple of good years there till like 2004 ish. But 2006 team, I was another good team that made all the way to the uh, the ALCS. Lost to the damn Tigers. They were. I think three games to two. Uh, I was a fan of that team. It was like the Nick Swisher team with, uh, I think Shannon Stewart might have been on the team. I know um, Frank Big Hurt Thomas was on there. Oh, they had, uh, um, what's his name? Freaking Mexican pitcher. Uh, let's see, Mexican MLB pitchers, Esteban Loaiza, <laughs> I think that's what it, who it was, that fool got caught up with some, like, drug shit or something recently, mm-hmm. damn, so many, 82 more rows, <laughs> let's see, pitchers, or just like players. Let's see if it was him. Esteban Loaiza. He had some good ass years with the White Sox too. Yeah, here we go. One day ago, actually, this is crazy. Ex Yankees pitcher, A's, and uh, other teams. Um, White Sox. I think it was best career with best careers of the White Sox. He was All Star. Expected to plead guilty as drug kingpin. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoo. Cocaine distribution. That's what he was doing. 44 pounds of cocaine in a van parked in the garage of a rented townhouse. Ooh. Oh, change of plea hearing. Okay. He's going to flip. So he's born in TJ, Tijuana, 46. Bro, his like mugshot did not look good. He's got that U shit going. You need to shave that shit off, son. Uh, let's see. A change of plea hearing results in a defendant submitting a guilty plea in 99% of all criminal cases. Of course it does. Why else would you bring that there? Um, let's see. They said they used, believed to use the resident's townhome as an intermediate destination for cocaine. Trap house. <laughs> Prior to his arrest, during which Loaiza was pulled over for a traffic violation and cops found a sophisticated compartment to hide contraband in his Mercedes Benz, Former LBB star has crossed the Mexican border earlier that day. Ooh, damn. They got a search warrant for his home in Imperial Beach. Where his rented one. Where investigators say they found 44 pounds. Less than 1,000 feet from an elementary school. 
am son show mandatory 10 year minimum sentence and up to life in prison <laughs> probably got a plea let's see pitch for 9 years throughout his 14 years in career 9 teams Yankees, Dodgers, White Sox, Pirates, A's on there too. Two-time All-Star, second winningest Mexican pitcher after the one and only Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah, 0-3, second in uh, AL Cy Young voting and started the All-Star game. See, he was really good though. That's just crazy. He said he earned $43 million as a pro. Wow. And they were breaking up before... Um, oh, he was married to uh, Jenny R- Rivera. I totally forgot that. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this thing. I'm going to read this. Article real quick about Robinson Cano playing different position. Triple A. Oh, he played first base. Uh, they don't want him to play what second base, third base, and some second base. Damn. 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 Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Said his legs are sore. He had to bend more. That's funny. Any hoot. On to the next one. Yeah, we had some Hall of Fame inductions this past week, and also got to see some of those uh, speeches. Those were pretty inspiring, some of them. But yeah, this is officially where I know I'm getting old because I watched most of these guys through a good chunk of their careers, and it's kind of like an end of the era type shit. And you're just like, "Fuck, bro, these were the dudes when I was coming up. You like the the ones, bro? Like, check this this list: Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Ray Lewis." Brian Dawkins, Brian Urlacher, bro, like, those are, like, pillars of franchises, like, type of dudes, like, those are so crazy, like, I guess we'll break it down, like, in a row, like, the two of the best whiteouts ever to do it, one dude who I think, talent-wise, was the best ever, the other dude who I think, production-wise, was probably two or three, uh, after Jerry Rice, freaking T.O. was insane, put up numbers for a long stretch of time, people forget, all this shit off the field was insane, no doubt. And <laughs> it overshadowed a lot of stuff he did on the field. But, uh, yeah, that dude was a head case for a bit. He's just, uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting, interesting psyche for him, for sure. Watching him come out as being, like, the young dude trying to, you know, show up, show out and be that uh, that guy opposite Jerry Rice to being the man in San Francisco where Jerry dips out to Oakland. And then, you know, beefing with the quarterback, freaking Jeff Garcia, he never saw Itaya. And, yeah, with Mariucci, I think he had issues too. Um, at least it looked like it, or at least he was just yelling at him. But um, they freaking, uh, yeah, and then dipping out to Dallas, freaking Jerry Jones is getting him. That craziness that that's my quarterback and all that shit. Like it was free yeah, crazy study, man. That dude had a crazy career. And Randy Moss though. Randy Moss from freaking Little House, West Virginia. 
freaking unincorporated Rand, West Virginia, he kept saying. Um, that's a uh, Rand University documentary is pretty good, too. It's like, y'all seen the 30 for 30 <laughs> in this speech. It was crazy. Man, I got to say, the most disappointed thing ever as a sports fan is the fact that Randy Moss on the Raiders did not fucking work out. And he ended up on the bitch-ass New England Patriots and revived his career. Crazy, man. It's freaking crazy. That's like the one biggest stain as like a sports fan. The biggest disappointment, I think, probably that I've had. Oh, so amped. Everyone was so juiced. So amped. So juiced to get the best whiteout in the game, arguably, at that point. We just kind of ran his course in Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, Vikings are kind of one of those teams that doesn't really put up with shit like that. The dude was just kind of being moody, very moody, very pouty. And, yeah, the, the effort was questionable, definitely, especially in Oakland, too. Things just went from bad to worse. When he got there, things were all right. And then I would say about eight to ten games through the first season, you could see a, a kind of a little difference. And then in the second season, started off about 80% of where he started off the year before, and then it just plummeted from there, and it was just bad news bears. That second season he had in Oakland was just so dreadful, so damn miserable. And it was just, it was man, depressing. It's like not even... It's like an understatement to that shit. Like, yo, it's like, I fucking watched too many of those games, man. That shit was just, oh, my God. Shoot me now. The Raiders stretch from, like, 2003 to 2014 is just, it was just brutal, bro. 2015, 16, 15, 16 was good. 17 was shit again. Um... Yeah, dog. I was like 12 years of just the fucking horse shit. It's horrible. Oh my God. Mm. But yeah, that dude in Minnesota was just unfucking real. Just a cheat code of a player. You just lob that shit up and that dude's going to moss it. He literally created a terminology that just echoed on the playing fields as a, as a kid growing up. You just got moss, motherfucker. That shit didn't exist before he came around because that wasn't really a thing, man. The ability to jump up, grab the ball above some dude's head, and just come away with it and corral that shit. That shit is just unreal. Not everybody has that. That's just some uh, God-given talent right there. Dude is crazy. My good buddy's Alan. He's a Minnesota Vikings fan, and he's uh, Randy Moss. He'll just freaking he'll let him come on him. <laughs> he wouldn't care. <laughs> Man, that dude loves him some Randy. I would too, bro, but... The version of Randy that I didn't, I got was not the one that I fucking like. But, anywho. Yeah, T.O. crazy. Ray Lewis, the fucking bedstone of the middle linebacker position in the last 20, 20 years, 30 years. I've never seen a more intense NFL player, I don't think. I, I enjoyed watching that dude play every single time chance I got. The Ravens are just so dreadful to watch on offense, but my God, that defense was just so ferocious. Him, him had guys like um, Ed Reed, Halodinala later, with you know Cyril Suggs for a good stretch of it. I remember they had Deion Sanders on the team for one season. Um, and he had some uh, good players. You know, Saragusa, his punk ass, freaking flopping over fucking Rich Cannon in the playoffs. That was some bullshit, but. Um, 
he was a good player for them. Man, I mean, Jonathan Ogden on the other side, he was a badass left tackle. Nobody fuck with that dude. That dude didn't give up anything. That dude was amazing. Mm. Brian Urlacher, though. Brian Urlacher was, the, the I think, a crazy good inspirational speech. I think it was a little underrated. I didn't expect it. But uh, that dude... It's so funny looking at him because he got a hair transplant now. So his like freaking statue is like bald, but he's got hair on his head. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so weird to look at. It's so funny. He got the same same hair hair job that uh, Deion Sanders did. I think. I think they went to the same dude. <laughs> That's funny. Brian Dawkins though, just finished on him, man. Fucking oh man, as watching the Eagles with him, that dude would just lay you. The hell out that dude was incredible amazing player amazing 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 player that dude had all heart all hustle all tenacity he was just coming at you he was just uh oh, like a jackhammer he's like something compact and but just would just pounce on you man like a leopard or something dude was insane so many turnovers so many turnovers man picks fumbles everything stripping the ball recovering scoring touchdowns doing doing a bunch of things man stuffing the run playing the pass he did it all he did it all that dude was crazy yeah mm, I'm getting old I'm really getting old those dudes were like all up on my television screen for a good chunk of my life and now they're gone and in the Hall of Fame. Thank goodness for that, at least for them. Anyhoot. Yeah, I think Ray Lewis only dude who got uh, rings out of them. He got two. Two of them motherfuckers. He got one early and one late. Mm, had that uh, horse tranquilizer shit running through his veins on that last one but man he got out there that tore that tricep and somehow found a way to make it on the field that was that was insane oh man you give him all the drugs all the drugs possible to get out there but yeah we'll uh we'll do a little transition now man there was a good article i read a couple weeks ago that howard bryant put out it was i put it on my twitter along with a million other articles i just fucking find interesting and fascinating that nobody probably clicks on or likes or nothing like that, but whatever. I don't care. I'm talking into a fucking echo chamber. I don't give a shit. I'm putting it out there. It's my fucking timeline. I do's what I wants. In the hoot, yeah, there was a good one. Howard Bryant. He's a dude that comes out on like outside the lines a lot, pretty often, and he's a real serious reporter. And he had a really good uh, take, in my opinion, about the. The amount of patriotism that is in professional sports and how that's really only a modern invention that we've kind of just grown accustomed to since mostly a lot after 9-11 that's happened and it's been a good job by like the different branches of the U.S. government to um, make it a priority on their part to advertise pretty much um, because they pay these franchises these rich owners for the right to uh, do a lot of things like do the flag waving or have the b-52 bombers fly over the top of the stadium when in the past that was not something that was done and 
this shit is like costs all of us like a shit ton of money every time they do it and it's freaking ridiculous waste um where i don't have a problem with uh, the other stuff but it's not necessarily that you know deep rooted tradition that people make it out to be even just playing of the anthem that's really something that like having the players out there for it something that's pretty new and some of the older players have talk, spoken about it. They're like, man, we used to not do that. It's, it changed it up. Also, one thing that I personally notice is just like the different flags that you get on the the helmet decals. That's so it's always like an American flag now. I look at a bunch of old film and they, I'm not sure I remember seeing all those. Um, and there's like a whole bunch of merchandise that they'd be doing on the uh, for the veterans and all that stuff. They, uh, yeah, man, NFL and like, uh, I don't know why I just single out NFL because a lot of the other friend, um, sports sometimes do it's not quite the same, but somewhat similar. I will say like baseball too. Um, there was a, a little bit of controversy, I think this year, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody got upset because there was a, uh, um, they had the stars on the side of the hat and, Somebody was saying, like, you know, I come from the military, and you got to earn those stars. Like, you don't just get them. And everybody just kind of got them for, like, the, the design on, like, one of the Memorial Day weekends, baseball games. Um, yeah, they do, like, specialty jerseys and stuff like that with camo hats and all that stuff. And so it just it seems like it's a, another opportunity for them to just uh, capitalize on uh, corporate profits. And I mean, I understand it from their perspective, but from our perspective, we got to be the wise consumers. That's just that's our role. So it was a very, very interesting brought up a lot of good points. And it's been a while since I read it. So I'm just going to keep it moving because, yeah, on to the next thing. Another thing that I read, man, freaking the school. I got to figure out who the fuck uh, did it. I can't remember exactly where it was. I'm going to go to my Twitter feed because that's where all my shit is. That's where I be getting this, man. You guys should follow me. At Puro Caballero. P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. Puro Caballero. Puro Caballero. Yep. That's me. On Instagram and Twitter. So, let's go to my page, folks. This was from a while ago. Let me see. YG is the bullest man alive. Uh, quick side note: YG album's out. Go listen to it. It's really fucking good. Uh, also, another side note, you probably know this, the Travis Scott World album also out. It's cool. It's cool. There's some good ones on there. Where the hell was it? Where the hell was it? Where was it? Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> fucking lit. Yo, that's funny. That's funny. I'm just uh, a fool whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't make me feel misunderstood. Mm. Fuck, man, there was a lot of shit that I posted. I don't know what's not posted this one. A's are fucking killing it. Anyway. Yeah, I can't find it. This was crazy, though. There's this kid. He wore a Trump shirt, right, to school. And the school forced him to take it off or they would suspend him. And they ended up suspending him because he didn't want to take it off. Well... Apparently, the school, like, the kid took him to court, and the school had to pay the kid 25 Gs for suspending them. That's fucking crazy. If I knew that shit was going to happen when I was, man, I would have played that shit. It's like, but you Mexican. I was like, but you don't even know, dog. <laughs> we ain't all like that, fool. <laughs> it's because you think we on one team. We ain't on one team, motherfucker. <laughs> we don't all like ourselves. <laughs> Damn. Nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. But yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. But I'm playing. Um, yeah, that's fucking insane, though. That shit is crazy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That shit. 25 G's? It's for winning the Trump tea. I mean, I hate that motherfucker, but for 25 G's? Goddamn. Goddamn. Pay my goddamn rent. For a couple years, man. <laughs> Did the math right now? I'm like, shit, that ain't that ain't shit. What I'm paying. Oh man. <laughs> Anywho, another thing that happened recently: Facebook dropped their value 120 billion dollars on one whole day, just one day of trading. So there was like apparently predict projections that came out that were less than ideal and people flipped on the stock and that shit nosedived like a motherfucker so can you imagine that that shit is insane that's astronomical 120 billion dollars in valuation just out the window but at the same time they were playing with house money because they were so far ahead that's the thing you got to understand is like some of these things that are like the pillars of like new forefronts like technology and companies and stuff like that is that they're so far ahead because they're the only ones that are out there and sometimes when they get the the good ones they build themselves such a substantial substantial amount of lead or leverage over other you know smaller guppies that are trying to compete with them and it becomes a de facto monopoly in a certain sense facebook kind of like took that route twitter has its own little bubble it's a little it's different and I don't know, they all kind of like blended together a bit. Instagram too now is like, all feels like similar. They're, like, they're all like proxies of each other a little bit because they're always taking each other's type of shit. Also, Facebook and Instagram are owned by, or yeah, Instagram's owned by Facebook, so there's that too. Um, that kind of kept, kept, kept um, what's the term? What am I looking for? Not capability or capacity. That's that. Uh, um, I don't even fucking know. Cohabitation. I don't know. Shit. There's too many words. Maybe not enough words. I don't know. Why can't I think of it? Anyway. 
cooperation. That's what I'm talking about. Collaboration. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. It comes to me. I know it. It's like writing them papers back in the day. My damn essays. Essay. Uh, who you calling crazy loco? <laughs> who you calling crazy essay? Don't you know I'm loco? Yeah. Anyway, on to another big, uh, I don't know, you know, tech company, I guess. I guess. Next level shit. It's uh, Google was reported to be creating a censored search engine for China. China. When China decided to start censoring or asking for censorship back in the day, Google decided, you know what, we're not. China's not cool. Like we, we ain't about that. Like it's cool. We don't, we don't need to be there. So they decided to dip. So it looked like they were kind of on the moral high ground at that point. But now, when this came out, everyone kind of flipped. Man, there was like uh, a lot of Google employees. When like there was rumors of this happening, there was like an internal chat that I was reading about, and they were talking amongst each other, and it was it's not positive on there. And they were like, "Man, this shit is fucking crazy. We need to just you know stop this." There was a lot of people who like quit their jobs in protest, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. So um, that was a rumor, especially like similar. Google's had some like you know. PR little nightmares, little disasters recently because they had that uh, situation that came up where there was leaks that they were helping the U.S. government with like AI technology to be able to spot and identify people out of drones and stuff like that. And they people were like, "Yo, man, like we're not like a defense contract company. Like we're we we don't do that. We don't specialize in that stuff." And a lot of people felt really uneasy, like ethically doing stuff like that so yeah i think they ended up you know ending that contract but like this other maven shit i think or maverick something like that i don't know they uh this program for china it's uh i don't know not a good look kind of also kind of google i think being a little greedy they're trying to get to that uh, chinese currency get you some of that yen get you hella yens bruh um, moving on, I was reading this other thing, man. It's talking about like the uh, last ten years, because it's been ten years since the economy collapsed. Just what's happened with everybody, how people feel, and it was like a amalgam of articles and news clippings. And honestly, I probably shouldn't have read it because it was fucking long as shit. But it took a big chunk of my like lunch time and breaks and shit to go, to read that stuff. But like. It was one of those things that just like pops up on the side, like this web browser shit, and like the suggested articles, and I'm like, fuck it, and it ended up being a good one, it ended up being a real good one. But I was reading all that shit, and there was like a bunch of of uh, statistics that I thought were like really really cool. And this one I did tweet though, so definitely go pull that shit from uh, from my uh, feed because I definitely saw it when I was looking through earlier. This shit was crazy, bro. Twenty four million, thirty two percent of adult millennials. Still living at home. 79 million are living with non-family roommates. That is fucking crazy, bro. That just tells you the housing market is just shit since the, the pretty much the bubble burst. Nobody's been able to get a damn house. It's just been the facts of life. It's been 
the houses and the properties just been like swooped up from like uh, speculators and you know people who uh, got the dough because they figured you know that value is just gonna always be there but I think there's gonna be another turning point where that I think it might not there might be another another little little boom that might happen or a little bang on the, the wrong end where you know some of the stuff's got to correct itself you figure at some point man like there's always consequences and repercussions to negative actions there's always this always are and it's not going to hit you in the face maybe t today or tomorrow but the shit's going to hit you maybe you know a few years down the line a few weeks down the line months whatever you don't you don't know that's the point that's the whole thing so um, i don't know i'm just i'm not an economist i'm just try to use common sense and yeah that's it's not good man there's just uh, we get a bad rap i guess the term the era of uh, a millennial that i am included in we get a real bad rap of being i guess lazy you know good for nothing entitled spoiled brats but at the same time it's like if uh i don't know it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy because there's like a lot of us that are not living that way man a lot of us are uh resigned to the fact that we might not ever retire now we might not ever own a home that uh, we're not going to get those luxuries that the people before us might have gotten so for some people man it's like you know that fairy tale they're still living in because they're still reaping the benefits of what happened in the past but for other people's man it's like you can kind of see the uh it's kind of like going on a roller coaster man it's like you can only go up for so long before you start looking at on the downturn and so i feel like our generation is the first people that are kind of looking over that edge of that uh that mountain right there man that iron mountain looking down at the uh you know five stories waiting for your fucking balls to drop down um yeah i fucking thrill of that roller coaster bro shit's crazy um yeah i feel like we're kind of like that uh first generation kind of looking over the top and just being like man this shit i thought we're still be going up bro this shit ain't as pg king right now man so we'll see if uh, there's gonna be a bottoming out because hopefully not man that's not what i fucking am looking for bro freaking how are we gonna mess up a fucking good thing this is what happens bro people get like so fat and happy in the moment and they don't think they don't have a foresight and they don't learn from the past that's kind of how i see it and it's also human nature too so we can't some for a certain extent we can't fight human nature but we can at least fucking try and yeah i don't i don't see that uh that second part there as much as i would like to but tis life tis life shit is not good but yeah another big key point that i really didn't think about as much either too is just the, the decline of black and latino wealth since the recession like they did it statistic statistical breakdown based on uh, ethnicities like different ethnic groups and it was like clear to see that everybody fell back for sure but the very majority of the people who fell back the most or the biggest percentage like the people who lost like all their savings that they had worked forever for a lot of them were the black and latino populations man it's the black and brown folk bro that shit just don't be keeping up for them man and you know it's just a really sad thing to see when i mean there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of talk of just like trying to move on and pass these issues but in, in the fact of the matter is it's like they keep uh 
reoccurring because society and economics are very much intertwined. They're very much interconnected. So the social policies that you have in the past are going to affect the uh, economic outcome of people into the future. That's just uh, you know simple cause and effect there. So yeah, that's uh, you know systematic targeting of different communities through policies that were enacted, and uh, you know I will say all the way legal. You know, although not morally dubious at times, can uh, yeah can lead to those uh, negative consequences here. So like we got people who. Like, I'll say, like, my family. I'll speak for myself, man. Like, my dad worked his fucking ass off to get... Uh, and my mom, too. Both of them. Two working parents working their ass off to get me, my sister, and upcoming my little brother through college. And through high private high school, too. And we had the luxury of being the kids, the, uh, those spoiled kids, and being able to play uh, travel ball and stuff. And go on vacations growing up. And parents got like new cars every few years pretty easily and things of that nature there was you know there's a you know rosy times man my dad working some couple good jobs and then the economy freaking crashes caters out and freaking yeah man negative things started happening man my mom's hours gotten cut every now and then from her job at the state i got my dad who's uh uh you know had a really good job and on the day that I freaking announce or decide make my decision on which college I'm gonna go to he ends up getting laid off from his job so like that shit was pretty rough and it took a while for that to to get back up in motion where he was up and working consistently again because a lot of dead ends and negative leads and stuff like that or bad leads or I don't even know just just things are just not breaking right for him at all things have been on better in the last few years but he went back to a job he didn't necessarily was looking for and I think was kind of to a certain extent I guess beneath what uh, what he could do and eventually he didn't have really a choice so he had to do it and he had some negative health consequences because of it and then since then he's uh, he's been doing better because I know he's, he's had a, a different job recently pretty much last year at the same time same amount of time that I've had mine uh, we got it right around the same time, so those were blessings for sure. So he's been, uh, I think, in a better place. I need to talk to him about it for sure. I haven't really. These are things that, like, the father son, we don't necessarily always, you know, discuss face to face all the time when uh, when we are around each other. I guess I don't. I don't see my dad as much um, living this far away, and yeah, it's been the last few years, kind of the same thing. But. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's kind of my reality now. Uh, try to talk to them at least weekly, though. Uh, or they try to talk to me, I guess. A little bit of both. I can be a solitary-ass dude. If you don't come talk to me necessarily, I'm not going to ne- necessarily come out to you. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of weird. I need to... Yeah. I don't know. I need to learn how to be, like... I'm, like, good at being friendly, but I'm not good at, like, making friends, if that makes sense. I think that's that's kind of sums it up. So, yeah, there's I have like a lot of acquaintances. I will say that, just like that way. A lot more people that I'm like acquaintances with than it's, I would consider like a true out and out friend. Somebody who I would do something for, and then I know they would do be able to do something for me. 
<sighs> so it's good to have those people around, but uh, it's kind of to myself, man. More of an introspective ass motherfucker who's with like uh, kind of with the personality though. So that shit's gotta come out. <laughs> gotta come out somehow. And I gotta get the shit out here before I fucking get my ass fired on my job and do it for seeing some stupid shit. So um, while I'm there. And people misinterpret it and all the yin and the yang. Any event, I'm off and running. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, recession. That shit was not cool, bro. That shit did not hit my family good at all. But at the same time, I see other people who are still, you know, a couple notches above us on the tax brackets. And, you know, they definitely had to, you know, tighten the walls a little bit. But, I mean, they're still... Some of them looking to doing okay. I mean, that's like, like not for anybody, not everybody, I should say, because it's a, it's a different case-by-case case basis, of course, but statistically speaking, that's what it looks like. So what happened since then is the economy right now is still booming. The, the statistics and the numbers and the fig- everything that I was reading is the economy ended up, you know, upticking and everything, right? But what happened is, like, the um, concentration of the wealth ended up being in stuck even more so at the top than it was prior to the recession so it almost created a parameters where it widened the gap and almost it's like completely eliminated maybe not completely but like severely diminished the possibilities and chances of people being able to get to the middle class or retain middle class or move up even farther from that so everything just kind of you know took a pause and just put got pushed down and it's and I can feel it, bro. It created, it has created a lot of tension amongst people, and then on the people on the right would be the right wing um, Tea Party folk who, are, you know, the uh, rural white folk, uh, more often than not, that have lost a lot of, you know, sir, um, production jobs and things of that nature to outsourcing and what have you, and then kind of on the left you got the other people who may be like the young folk like myself who are maybe college educated but can't fucking find a job on that way either too so it's like fucking damned if you do damned if you don't if you fucking leave the farm if you stay on the farm you're fucked if you leave the farm you're fucked it's like that's or if you go to the fact if you work at the factory you stay there you're fucked if you're if you dip you're fucked too so that's just like what the fuck what are we doing this is a rigged game, man. Nobody wants to play this fucking game if this shit's rigged. Like, that's not cool. How many motherfuckers do you, like, uh, enjoy playing uh, with uh, rigged dice? Like, that's just not cool. Anytime somebody has a fucking fifth ace, I just want to slap the shit out of them. So, that's kind of how I feel. And that's I feel like that's how a lot of people are feeling, too. And that's, uh, that's kind of the sentiment that I got. But, um, yeah, man. The thing is, though, it's like... I don't know. I feel like one side of that that craziness gets uh, uh, different treatment than the other. Um, so it is what it is. It is what it is. Everyone's got tensions in one way or the other. It's not fucking cool, bro. I don't like this whole picking side shit, but this is the thing. It's just stupid. It's just that people look on the surface at like the, the stupid surface shit, and the people don't want to educate themselves or aren't interested in educating themselves or brought in in the horizon so they get stuck in their own bubbles and they don't uh they don't go out and do stuff or they don't go out and just learn and just understand that 
not all that shit's horrible, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, mm, yeah. If you if people come together, they really honestly, at the end of the day, we should realize that if you break it all down, if you take a whole list of the things that are similar and the things that are dissimilar, we have way more things that are in common that are not. And it's just all about creating that that bridge to to make that connection, to make those uh, neurons fire correctly, and for people to come to that self-realization. It's just what needs to happen, and it's unfortunate when it doesn't. It's it's kind of sad, honestly, when you look at it. But yeah, man, that shit's fucking not cool, honestly. And. It just kind of goes to show you, man. It's just it's just a repetitive cycle that's kind of happened in the last couple hundred years. Say, yeah, buck fifty at least. Mm, there's just been like different things you can just point to, just like, oh, what are the effects of that? Well, it fucked up these people. It's like, well, okay, yeah. I mean, and it's like when it happens, and people just take it for what it is, but then. When the dust settles, you're just like, all right, who came out? Who who really got fucked here? Or what happened here? And it's different. It's just the groups of people change and it morph. It's, it's never like a single conglomerate that's always the same. So it's always, there's always shifts and trends. But yeah. Hmm. But yeah, this is crazy. I guess another thing that I, I really noticed too. One final thought. Just kind of thinking about my fucking out there shit. This podcast is, always ends up being like half sports shit, half just political, like social commentary, like uh, psycholo- psychological breakdowns and meta analysis and narratives of uh, fucking societal trends and all that shit. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. That's I guess that's what fucking I fucking like. But. Uh, that shit that'd be fucking rattling my brain another thing that I kind of noticed though it's just like really interesting with like uh, kind of our generation and what we're what we've been really deep diving into as of late I mean the way I've been seeing it's like video games are killing it right you got the twitch streams you got the the celebrities and everything that are uh, you got like the competitions, the tournaments, the e-leagues, the crazy amount of revenue people are making. Like people are fucking living their whole lives through that shit. Through video gaming. I mean that Ready Player One movie kind of summed it up pretty well. I thought that shit was pretty good. Um, yeah, so you got that. Obviously movies are killing it right now. Like the big blockbuster movies are killing it. Even some of the smaller ones, I think, are doing really, really well. People are doing a good job of actually getting some of that really good content on screen, which is a hard thing to do through the mechanism, the prism of Hollywood and all that, and a bunch of bullshit and the rigmarole that you got to go through, all the jumps and the the hoops you got to jump through, the jumps you got to hoop through. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's there's that whole thing. And then another thing I've noticed is, man, these drug overdoses are fucking crazy, man. Like, for everything. Every kind of thing. Big celebrities recently. Demi Lovato had a big drug overdose. And uh, she uh, is in a better better place, I think, now than she was then. But, you know, shit happened. She had a relapse. And we lose a lot of people. 
you got the uh, um, what was it? Your little peep or whatever that you can passed away to o OD. But yeah, man. And just like people just have their drug of choice and different shit, man. It's just like a lot more heavy shit. It's just more, more out there, more accepted. In my opinion, I feel like all of those things kind of have somewhat of a similar, you know, uh, thread to them. And I feel like it's just people in our generation just want to escape reality, man. I think for us, we just want that way out, just the way opt out. And I feel like in the past, there's definitely been those options, but it hasn't been as as crazy, I think, as maybe today because. Uh, yeah, I know people in the 60s, a lot of people in the 70s that wanted to do the same thing, and they got, uh, yeah, like, I guess the hippie generation and all that shit, um, but, I don't know, man, it's like something different now, I feel like it's just a bigger, bigger scale kind of thing, just people not engaging with, like, reality, it feels like, sometimes, man, people kind of just living off in their own little, little worlds, and they don't really interact with other people's world sometimes. They just don't see that fucking, the butterfly effect and how the fucking everything interlocks with each other, you know? Like, we gotta have, like, a good good amount of common decency for each other and shit, which I feel like most people really do, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like people just living through prisms that are seeing a distorted picture. It's like looking through one of those stained glass windows when you should be looking through a fucking clear one. You know, it's, it's a different. It's a different image you're getting, man. It might look prettier and everything like that, or it might be more enjoyable. But who knows? What's the what's the thing? What's the difference, man? I don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't fucking know. Ah. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, that's just uh, it's just kind of something I really noticed recently. I don't even know what I'm going with this. I'm just kind of rambling. I'm a rambling, gambling man. Anyway, looking for sponsors. Take stamps.com. I'll take anybody. Shit, I'll take Subway sponsor. I remember they used to sponsor a bunch of shit back in the day. Um, yeah, dog. Any event, that's uh, that'll pretty much be it. I'm getting tired. It's fucking past midnight once again. You'll probably be hearing this shit tomorrow or fucking maybe never. Yeah, I don't know. I look at the place. It's whatever. It's whatever. We up and moving. We doing it grooving. This has been episode number thirty-three. This is your host, the asthmatic Aztec, the one and only Mestizorio Mario Caballero. Presente in the building at Puro Caballero for all the socials. We're gonna get the Puro Caballero Show.com up and running sometime shortly. Um, and we'll uh, we'll keep all that shit nice and tidy. In any event, I'm out later.